got the chance to spend some time in the noisy UW Fieldhouse to speak with three national champion volleyball players with Grace, Danielle, and Gio, who have accomplished so much on the court, on the volleyball court, and everyone knows, knows them and knows of their great accomplishments. But today, as construction was happening in this field house where the Badgers play, we sat down on the court and learned about their journeys through youth sport and how they navigated ups and downs of youth sport. It was fascinating to hear the perspectives of, of each of them around things like how they chose to specialize in volleyball or how they chose to really pursue volleyball, about how they decided about which clubs to play for and the differences between playing club sports and school sports. I also learned so much from Grace, Danielle, and Gio about making it through injury. And that injury is such a big part of sport as we are young, but also even in through the college years and how they made it through really difficult injuries and how they did it with, with the support of teammates and with family and others. And then finally, right at the end of our interview, I just asked each of them, what would you do to fix youth sport? There's so much good in youth sport and so many positives. Um, so many of us get such joy out of it, but there are also a lot of problems, things we can work on in youth sports. So they each shared one recommendation and they were three great recommendations by three great young student athletes who are models for us all. So thank you to Grace, Gio, and Danielle for joining us as we look at sports and the growing good in the youth setting. Okay, so we're sitting here in a place that you all know so well. Spent many, many hours here. Great place. So many hours of work and hardship, but great times, right? So, um, and we're also hearing loud noises in the background because this place largely due to a lot of what you have done is about to get bigger and better right Uh, you know like the renovation and making it a beautiful spot um here sitting on the floor of the field house and um and we've been looking at with our bios work at what it means to to make your way through youth sports the world of youth sports all of you have done that geo grace danielle um, with us today. So uh, we've got a bunch of discu- discussion questions we're going to get through, but but also um, just really want to thank you all for being here and uh, appreciate you very much. Absolutely. Um, so I actually just want to start talking and, and Grace, I've gotten to know you a little bit working with BIOS over these recent weeks yes. and months. Yes. This has been awesome to learn about your journey. And I, you know, I know, um, one thing about you, Grace, is that you started volleyball in like fourth grade, kind of early. And I wonder about your first impressions of that. What you remember from volleyball as like a fourth grader, who was there, where was it? What was your emotional kind of takeaway from that? Yeah, so starting in fourth grade was kind of an ugly volleyball scene, as you can imagine. But I went to a Catholic school growing up, so they had the school sports starting in fourth grade, and volleyball was one of them. And my mom actually played volleyball at Indiana University. So, like, growing up, I was always, like, peppering with my mom, going 
to beach volleyball events in Chicago, going to watch Indiana play. So when I saw that I was able to play volleyball in fourth grade, I instantly signed up. My mom was my coach. And as you can imagine, it was kind of just like bump over the net drops on the floor (laughs) like it was pretty ugly and not very organized but like that's kind of where I got started and then I started club in sixth grade with just like a new club it was a again kind of unorganized season but then once I started getting older and training and switching my clubs that's when it got more intense and I really discovered how much I do love it and that I did want to follow in my mom's footsteps so just to kind of visualize when you're playing fourth grade catholic school volleyball is that in like a little school gym and the competition level is not that high but was it a fun thing it was so fun yeah it's a school tiny school gym i'm with my like grade school friends we all just kind of like stand straight up like just looking at each other and then like once we rotate you can i can like really remember people like yelling rotate (laughs) like each person was a hitter a passer and a setter so it was not good volleyball it was just, mm. but it was just so fun and traveling on the bus i remember just like singing on the buses like that yeah. was the part that i fell in love with in the beginning was like the team yeah and then i started to grow to love the sport and the skills and the training and the competitiveness competitiveness of it and danielle you did not start quite as early no. you started in seventh grade so seventh a few grade. years later yeah. yeah yeah so i had a family friend um that i kind of grown up with and she kind of always been that like She's a little bit older than me, so she's kind of always a like, figure I looked up to in my life. Um, and she started playing in middle school. Um, and my dad, at the time, my parents were getting a divorce, and I had stopped swimming. That was, like, the only other sport I ever did. Um, and he started bringing us to these volleyball games just to, like, he was trying to, like, you know, reel us in, but, like, very low-key. And so we started watching her middle school games. Um, I think when she was a freshman in high school, she came. She's from Chesapeake, so it's like 45 minutes from my hometown um she came to a club that was in my town for a camp and we decided to go watch her because she was so close and of course I walk into this club and they're like you're so tall you should be playing volleyball (laughs) like um they gave me a never flat ball for Christmas and so me and my dad (laughs) would pepper um at the bus stop every day that was how I got into it actually like where I started to first play was at the bus stop um, cause my bus was just notoriously late and we'd play for like an hour and a half, like before this bus would come, um, go to this camp. They decided to like get me going on a team. It was halfway through a club season or something like that. Um, and it was right before middle school tryouts. So actually like that first year when I tried out, I did not make the team because I really? like literally had just yeah. started playing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And the rest is history. Well, I think a, a couple of interesting things jump out at me there. One is that, um, you didn't make the team nope. and now people would see you they would never guess that happened yeah and the other is just that this happened like at an important time for your family and that you had this it was part of your oh, family absolutely. relations absolutely volleyball became very quickly the outlet for me um and that was like really where i fell in love with it, it was something i could just dive into and forget about everything else and um and that was i think my dad's goal all along was for it to become something like that yeah and a bad bus driver to think yes. as well, like yeah. a late, a late, yes. late, late bus. Yeah, it was actually really funny. I was um, a setter my first year because, believe it or not, like the bus stop, there is a hill like on either side that was there's like water and stuff at the bottom of this hill. So like on the bottom of the road, 
So if I, me and my dad, like, ended up just setting the whole time because if we were to pass or hit the ball, like, we just started playing, that it would just shank and we'd be chasing after it into some water. So, like, became really good at setting. That was my position my first year. <laughs> That's a good story. Gio, now, um, you, you each have such different settings. So you have Virginia, Illinois, um, very different kind of times you started. Gio, even even more, and I'm sure we could talk about this for a long time, yeah. but you grew up in Italy, in Milan. Yes. And can you tell us a little bit about what was um, your sport experience as, as a youngster and then specifically kind of what volleyball looked like for you as, as a child growing up? So I started volleyball too because uh, uh, I used to play volleyball in my room with my sister. My sister used to start playing volleyball, so me and my dad always went to watch her game and me and her have like eight years apart. So she was pretty like old when I started playing volleyball with her. And then different from here in Italy, like sports is not balanced out as much with school and uh, sports. So people that play sports, uh, it's a really hard time to like go to school and doing all the type of things because uh, it's not really interconnected. Mm. So uh, there is no high school team or anything like that. So once I decided to start playing uh, volleyball, which it was a decision made in my family because they were like, all right, you're getting older. It's time for you to like start pick a sport, wherever. And the only sport I could pick at the time, it was volleyball because I was playing all the time with my sister. But uh, the first year it was like really close to home, the club that I played to. And then I decided to try for this super like, I would say like a more like serious club compared to the other one, which required for me a lot of time. Uh, and it was really hard already at that age, balance it out with school, because it was practice was always like after school and all mm -hmm. of that. And it happened for like days that I used to be in the gym for like six hours, just at that young age. And uh, so already just for when I was young, it was really hard to like balance out uh, volleyball and school. But that's kind of like, I feel like, I don't know if it's more like an Italian thing, but I'm pretty sure it's in a European thing where uh, you just got to be really, really good already at a young age. It's almost like becoming a job, like already at the age of like 13, 14, you got to be like, if you decide to be in the sports, uh, you know that that's kind of like what you want to be. Like already at the age of 18, that's for you is becoming a job. You're out of the like, that you're just starting to get into the pro league as soon as you're out of the 18 age. So already for people that get to that, that play at the high level, uh, it gets really hard to like balance around and all of that. But that one of the things we talk about here in the U.S. a lot is school-based sport versus club-based sport, and and there are values and benefits of mm -hmm. of both. You know, of you you just mentioned your little school that you went to. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine if you didn't have your mom, who was such a you know mm -hmm. e excellent player herself, you you it wouldn't have necessarily been your place of greatest athletic development, but yeah. but you were doing it in the context of your school with people you knew so well and mm -hmm. loved from over the years, yeah. and then the opposite would be, and I, I know that's the case with like football, soccer, whatever mm -hmm. we call it, that the same thing the clubs the clubs over there in mm -hmm. in in europe are that way yeah we only have clubs there is no like high school team or anything like that so you literally start from august through the entire year you have club season and uh i remember i am pretty sure i spent way more time with my volleyball teammates mm -hmm. than my classmates because uh, uh i remember there was times i had to skip like maybe like 
I took leave early for, uh, from class to go to practice, but it was never kind of like accepted by professor or anything like that. So it was really hard to like being able to like follow up your athletic career and at the same time with academics. But uh, I had my mom that was uh, really good at like making sure my academics was always good because my dad was the one that was pushing for the athletics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that was one of the thing of the positive thing of coming here to the United States, which was really able to balance out really well sport and academics. And I'm testing my geography here, but Milan, top of northern part yes. of Italy. Did you, tra- did you travel throughout the country or across national boundaries with your club? Yes. So, uh, as they have national here too, mm-hmm. we have national in Italy mm-hmm. too, which is, uh, uh, I think it's a little bit different from here. Uh, so, Italy is divided by region. So, there is a championship, your regular championship, and then whoever wins uh, the Milan, we have different cities in each region, right? So, whoever wins that championship in that big city go to regionals and then the best of the region is going to go to nationals right and those national is going to be like all over the all over the country and then another way at the young age to literally just travel outside even the country was with the national team and yeah so yeah. we were able like to travel really for volleyball and stuff so this travel brings up all kinds of questions like there's there's the one which you alluded to which is like access to sport like so a lot of kids can do that you know because they're so talented or because their families have the means they can do it others can't because of a lot of those reasons another area that i'm really interested in is like how that affects kind of general family dynamics so like i noticed one thing about all of you is you all have siblings it's not just you and your family but you each have you're growing up with other you have older siblings you, you have different age siblings I wonder about that. Like, how did your, come over to you, Danielle, how did your sport journey, as you're making your way up through your club team in Virginia, affect your relationship with your siblings and, and your broader family dynamic? How did you manage all of that? Um, so me and my, my sister is younger than me. Um, and we both got into volleyball at the same time. Um, when she started playing, it was a lot more like what Grace was just describing, like, bump it over and it's a point um so her like the kind of volleyball she was playing versus what I was playing was very different um and quickly we both started getting into traveling and stuff like that but because we were within the same club most of the time we were going to the same place um and if we weren't usually my mom would follow up and take her wherever Mm -hmm. she was um and my dad would take me um but I do think that within between just and the dynamic of my family's divorce happening and us switching between houses or not switching between houses and the traveling and things like that I think that me and my sister ended up really not seeing each other as much as we would have um and like I think our relationship for a little bit there we really kind of lost touch because between academics and sports and I started living with my dad and she was still switching between houses it got kind of complex um, but at the same point, it was also really fun when we were together in tournaments and things like that and um, team dinners and stuff like that. There was a point where I even helped coach her own her team. Mm-hmm. I was assistant coach for her team, so that was a fun experience. And Grace, four of you yes. in your family, um, similar stories about 
managing or how did it play out in your family with sibling dynamics? Yeah, so I have an older brother who is two years older than me. I've got a younger sister. She is a freshman in college right now. And then I've got a younger brother who is a sophomore in high school. So it's definitely, I feel like, was a challenge for my parents having to balance everything. And then I quickly after my fourth grade season, like as I got older, I started to get really involved and committed to volleyball. And I also played basketball. But so I feel like it was hard for them to balance my club tournaments because while my brother played football, there's not like a club football, you know what I mean? It's mostly just like all about the high school team. So he wasn't having to travel as much. They were traveling with me a ton. Usually my two younger siblings were just kind of tagging along, come to the tournaments, come to the games. And then my sister obviously developed a love for volleyball also and was like very eager to play so she started playing in like sixth grade same club as me so that worked out nice we're always going on travel trips together and then my youngest brother again was still kind of getting yeah just tagging along with us traveling but it's kind of fun now because he's finally at the age where not that his sports weren't a priority but he was just younger so now it's kind of like all the focus is on Mm -hmm. him and he's playing high school volleyball now so kind of exciting that we get to come back and watch him and support him after he's done it for us for so long this other part of your journey is multiple sports grace is too humble to let most people know but four-year like starter big impact basketball player do you does she talk about this with you geo yes Yes. okay maybe she's not so humble maybe she's not so humble okay okay oh let me take that all back then grace Grace, back off on your bragging about basketball um um, but i would like to hear about that because you are here as a volleyball standout not i'm sure you could be a basketball standout how did that decision get made because that's another one of these big issues in the youth sports stuff is like all right um am i going to travel am i going to do club sports how's our family going to manage it and then there's the multi-sport question we know there are lots of benefits of multi-sport participation and that um there are all kinds of reasons for that um how did you navigate that deciding between two sports you loved so yeah as early as i started playing volleyball i started basketball before that again just like for fun at the beginning but i played on a travel it it was like a feeder team through my uh city geneva feeder so we traveled a ton but it wasn't like a club basketball league if that Mm -hmm. makes sense um i loved playing basketball and i always knew that our high school had like a great women's program that i wanted to be a part of but as I was getting more committed to volleyball, and I think I always knew that I wanted to play volleyball in college, like from such a young age, just like falling in my mom's footsteps. I also loved that there was a net in volleyball, like separating us from the other team. I didn't love the physical contact of basketball. Um, but yeah, so as I got older, that definitely did become an issue. Like choosing my club that I was gonna play volleyball at um, was kind of hard because there's a ton of different clubs in my area, but most of them are like super like if you're going to play for us we need to be like your only priority you need to put everything into volleyball you need to be available every day and that's kind of why I chose the club that I did because they were going to allow me to do two sports and they knew that basketball was something that I wanted to continue doing just for like my fitness I think for my mental health just Mm -hmm. being able to like kind of escape volleyball if I ever needed to Mm -hmm. and it honestly helped my body I think but so yeah my club let me do that and then my high school basketball coach was also super understanding that volleyball was my priority and that if there was like a big tournament I would have to miss a high school basketball game and she like completely understood that and we had great communication but it is kind of not sad it worked out perfect for me but it was just because I had two very willing 
coaches to help me make it work and I don't think that always happens especially now it's becoming more that like you focus on one sport and one sport only yeah yeah that's that's an interesting perspective because I always hear it as like it's a family or a kid decision like it's you decide basketball or volleyball but it sounds like you had some really understanding partners uh, Mm -hmm. coaches who like worked with you to understand your situation yeah and I'm so thankful I did because just playing basketball I think helped me because I'm the type of person who just I feel like I'm super social. I don't like to just, like, focus only on one sport and, like, my, like, just completely zoned in on volleyball. So I think Mm -hmm. that just helped my, like, mindset throughout the whole thing. And I didn't get burnt out at a young age because I just would always have basketball as an outlet. So then when I got here, I was, like, completely ready to put the next focus for the next five years, which I thought was going to be four years, into volleyball. (laughs) Yeah. And, Danielle, was there um, a certain decision factor that shaped your choice of a club i mean i know that this is another aspect of it. it's yeah. it's not just choosing to play club sports it's like especially when you get to be high level like each of you you have options yeah. and like there's always like the club that's the most shiny successful national team but then there are other factors how did you decide what club would be yours so for me i i'm from the east coast um so where i that is the case um in a lot of places like especially in the midwest um, Virginia Beach really only had two clubs that you, if you're like trying to play and you wanted you, like aspirations to play in college, you were going to play at one of these two clubs. Um, and the club that I started with was really the club that I went to camp, like watch that, um, friend of ours play at camp and they were the ones that like threw me on a team and I just like never left there. Um, there wasn't like a huge difference between one or the other, but we obviously developed relationships there. And, um, what's really ironic is, um, the owner of that club is actually um, Kelly Sheffield's father-in-law. So, so that was funny. But yeah. You can't escape Sheffield's. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Um, well, it's, it's uh, a little bit of a blessing then that you didn't have uh, so many options. You know, in, in some of these kind of larger areas where you have 20 different options, yeah. it can be really yeah. confusing and, yeah. and distracting. Gio, I wonder in your journey, again, different setting um was there a particular moment that you recall that like was a big catalyzer of opportunity meaning like you were just playing and playing and all of a sudden either someone saw you or a particular thing happened that was like wow this can be a bigger thing in my life yes definitely so i was playing for this club close to home and then uh one day with one of my teammates uh, which his dad it was a really big fan of volleyball decides to take us to one of the pro uh, pro game. There is this uh, uh, pro uh, team that's like 15 minutes away from my house. And at that time that we went, we went to watch uh, uh, the game in, so they were A2, which is like one of the top of the league in Italy. And in case they were gonna win that game, they were gonna go to A1. So we went and watched this game, they won the game, and then they started giving like uh, tryouts type of things for this club for like young age and I was like 13 for thir- no I was 13 at that age and he decided uh, uh, let's just try this right so me and my team and my other two teammates decide to go and they all wanted us but two of my teammates decided not to go mm. right but and so because I was really shy when I was young which in my son's weird right now but I, I know but I was really shy when I was young and so because they, those two they didn't want to come I was I didn't really want to go either right because it was going to be like a really big group of like different kids and all that and I was just not used to it 
But my dad was like, I think you gotta try like the train pass only one time. You know, if you don't like it, you can always go back, uh, take the opportunity. And if it goes well, it goes well. And honestly, if I, I think if I wouldn't decide that here to go, I wouldn't like grow into that club because that was end up being one of the best club in Italy, actually, with the pro league right after that. And that turned out like the way it turns out. Did Grace, did you or Danielle, do either of you have like a moment like that? I, I remember I had another um, young athlete who I interviewed and she was a basketball player and she had this one moment where she was at this tournament, a uh, basketball tournament, and she had a particularly like good game and it happened that Pat Summit, the legendary Tennessee basketball coach, was there. Mm-hmm. And that changed everything because Pat Summit then was interested in her and started recruiting. And as soon as Pat Summit was interested... Everybody was interested. Yeah, that's very did simple. did either of you have any kind of moments like that, or was it more even journey? Um, I would say that I think it was very similar to that. Like once one school starts to show interest, mm-hmm. then more follow usually. But I I can just remember there was this one club tournament. I think it was my freshman year in high school. So most of the recruiting process happens with club volleyball. That's where all the college coaches go watch you play. And there was one tournament our team did really well. And I think that's when club coaches started to watch our court and then, like, show interest. But it's kind of interesting because I think a lot of coaches, they're looking for potential. Like, obviously, you're not going to be a stud as, like, a freshman. Your skill is not going to be completely developed. So they're looking for potential, but they're also looking just to see your attitude in volleyball. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big thing. I remember a story, like, actually with Kelly. He would, he came to Nationals and, like, followed our team through, like, all the games. And we ended up, like, losing to go get into gold and he remember I remember him telling me that one of the main things that caught his eye in that tournament was that like after like we lost on a missed serve my teammate missed the serve and like it was obviously crushed and he was like the fact that you like ran up to her didn't like care about the outcome of the game and like we're there to like support her as a teammate like he was like that's something I won and that's something I held on to and I think that is so important like obviously you're not going to be perfect at volleyball at that age but it's about like how you are as a teammate and your attitude and your mindset like if they watch how you react after you make a mistake so I think that was a big thing for me I was just like really positive and that was because I loved playing volleyball that like no matter what I tried to have a good attitude be a supportive teammate and always just move on positively I know coach Bono our wrestling coach he asks recruits to send him like videos of losses Mm -hmm. when you lost like most people want to put their best highlights on video And he said, like, I've seen how good you are, but let me sh- let me send see the full video of when you lost. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why, to see how did they respond to yeah, that. Yeah, and to see what kind of person you are and, like, how you're, you're going to get along with others and possibly grow in, like, what kind of person you're going to grow into and teammate. Yeah. Any story along your journey that stood out like that, um, Danielle? I don't know if there's necessarily one that stood out. or I mean, I know there are certain tournaments where, like, really started to do well um I think it was really a season for me I think my freshman year I was a 15s team and I had a coach that was just really um, knowledgeable of the game and he would write us these little like slips uh, like papers like slips at the end of a after a tournament of like what he thought about our individual play and like what he thought we could keep improving on and whatever um and so for me it was always like so much potential um, and I think my freshman year was also when I started getting letters from colleges and things like that. And it was like, wow, like this is a thing. Um, so again, like coming from a smaller club and club and the East coast, um, 
that was really cool. But that was a great transition to my question about coaches and like if there are coaches along the way who have been important to you. And you've already talked about Grace, like coaches who understood your mm-hmm. multi-sport identity. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there are other coaches. In fact, even you, you mentioned to me before about your high school basketball coach. Um, I wonder if there are coaches been impactful to you along your journey, and was there one or two things about them that made them so um, important? Yeah, I would say, I mean, obviously my high school basketball coach wasn't my volleyball coach, because she couldn't really help me get to where I am with volleyball. But honestly, like, her characteristics and, like, her relationship with me, I feel like just, like, grew me into a more confident person. But that's basketball, so I'll go to volleyball. I, there's two club coaches that stand out to me. It was my 14s and 15s year and they were just like super dedicated to making me the best player that I could be and like just as much as uh, as much as a coach they were to me they were also just like good role models and were like always there if I had questions about the recruiting process they wanted to see me succeed just as much as I wanted to succeed so they were always like open open to going into the gym like I said I was balancing basketball also so they would like find times for me to come if I ever had to miss a club practice or they'd like always fill me in on what I was missing if I wasn't there so I think that helped me a ton there's so much about coaches as teachers like that so much of what a good coach does is teaching teaching and learning that happens in a sport and it always strikes me as a little unusual that like if you're going into a teacher education program and you're you're studying to be like an elementary school teacher work with first graders like there's very certain there are very specific things that first graders do to learn and like you need to know if Gio is a first grader this is what's going to set her up to learn well and thrive mm-hmm. and now if I'm working with Danielle a sixth grader you're different because you're sixth grade you're whatever 11 years old um, like basically the developmental stage of, of, of kids when they're learning and, and like teaching, we address that very specifically, but sometimes I feel like in coaching, we don't address the developmental stages. So like when you're in fourth grade, you were different as a volleyball player mm-hmm. than you were in, yeah. in 12th grade. I wonder about in, in your experience again, because Gio, you said in Italy is kind of detached from the school. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have coaches that understood the thing I just said, like the developmental stages of kids? So like if you're if you're 14 and playing high level club volleyball in Italy, did your coaches understand your developmental stage, like what you needed as a 14 year old? I got to say no to that because uh, I think like uh, I had this coach that he gave me a lot on that volleyball skill. Like he taught me everything mm-hmm. I know about the game and all that, which I'm really thankful. But coming also here, I realized that they weren't really thoughtful or like in the way they're like sending the message. And I know maybe timing and things were like different from that and the culture is different and that. But I remember like the reason why I also made it through is because I always had my dad and my mom that just were like helping mentally and they were like, don't you worry, like he's doing that because he cares about you, you know, like, and if I wouldn't have that, I know like I can just imagine like a 13 or 14 years old that doesn't have this support behind them, like, just start freaking out or like mm-hmm. having like confidence issues and all that so I think that is something that clearly like it wasn't really good at it this coach that when I was really young but he taught me so much about volleyball and skills at that which it was kind of like what differentiated me from people of my age at one point mm-hmm. but then once I came here I realized how uh 
mental aspect and all of these that were important above all here at Wisconsin, how Kelly is like really thoughtful about every single thing, about body language, uh, about how we respond to like adversity and type of things, which it was never taught to me. And I think that was the main change for me, even if I was an older age, but it was something that it was literally never thought to me. And it was something that really stood out to me from the entire process to come in here and all that. It strikes me even that both of you brought up with, with your parents at early ages, just at a bus stop or just kind of for fun. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about volleyball. I'll be open. What's the term? Peppering? Peppering. What is peppering? Bump, <laughs> That's just hitting back and forth. Okay, 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 okay. So you both brought that up. Yeah. And I'm guessing the skill development was less impactful in your long-term development than the kind of relational um, thing that was going on there. The joy. Yeah, the joy that was fostered. Yeah. And so that, like, those memories aren't that you became a great mm-hmm. setter at that time. Yeah. They were that you were with your your yeah. father. Yeah. Yeah. Making fun and, of what would have just been sitting there waiting. Yeah. Yeah. And that we miss that a lot when we're working with young people with, like, why are we really here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to transition just a couple more. Uh, you're all so good and patient here, but, th- and we could probably spend an hour on any one of these topics, especially the one I'm about to get into, which is injury. And that so much has been written about injury in sport among youth, not only like injury during youth time, but then like how youth experience contribute to injury later. And there's a lot of physical stuff to talk about that in terms of like why we get hurt and how we get hurt. But I also am interested in kind of the mental, psychological aspect of that. You know, you get into something where you have invested so much of your identity, your time, your money, everything into this. And then you have, I know you each have scars to show for this. Um, Can you talk about kind of the psychological component of that and what got you through that? And maybe it's freshest for, for both of you. You both have had recent injuries um, Danielle, like the, the mental psychological part of getting through an injury, how did you do that? Um, for me, it was, I mean, as soon as I literally, the moment I knew I had torn it, I knew there was just no way I was going out like that. So I knew I was coming back. So that was a big, um, I guess help in my mental process because it was like, okay, like what is it that I'm actually losing here? Like, what is it that I can't get back? Um, and to me, that was going out with these guys and like my class that I came in with, like Grace, Dana, Sid, um, Barnes has been here for so many years. And like, um, so you, for a while, you're like picturing going out with these guys and like having that one last shot at like winning a national championship and like going to battle with them. And like knowing that that was like the last time I'll ever like hit a ball off of Sid and turn around and Barnes is jumping on me like those were like the things that were really crushing um but it was again those things I'm talking about are like it's about them and so coming back it was like okay this is still our goal I still want this just as bad for these guys like for us and like what can I do to like help that even though I'm not on the court and like what can I bring every day to contribute um, cause just because I tore my ACL didn't mean I didn't want it anymore. You know, like it, it would have hurt even more if we didn't win the national championship. So, so you're in a cold, like fall afternoon in Madison, your teammates are all getting ready for games, but you're, you know, in the rehab room or you're 
post-surgery yeah, yeah. and you're a, thinking about these things yeah so there was a while there like I couldn't travel with the team because it was just so fragile and delicate and you know getting on and off buses and like all of these things I'm about to run out um and so yeah it was like you know for a so many years the way you're connecting with your teammates is by literally playing with them and like going to battle with them and whatever so it was all about like how can I find unique ways to connect and so it was like watching those matches at home and I know what that each individual is like working on and like whether it's leadership skills or like court skills or like I've I was in this unique position where I understood what people were confident and not confident in, and I was in this unique place where they could be vulnerable with me. And I was um, constantly just like messaging people and like whatever, and trying to like reach out and connect to people in that way. And and I think what's also really unique is now, as of like having this injury, I feel like I've been in just about every role that there is. My freshman year, I was a red shirt. My sophomore year, I played for a few points every match. Um, and then was a starter and, you know, so-so. So it's like I understand what it's like to be on the bench and never play. I understand what it's like to be thrown in random times and, you know, like all of these different roles that all matter so much and the different feelings that come with each of those. So that was a really cool part in this past season was to be able to use those experiences to connect with my teammates. Mm -hmm. So just like you had to black out all of the uh – noise going through your injury we have to black out all the noise going through our uh, construction <laughs> process as we talk it's a yeah. lot of clanging going around yeah. um geo i know you have had similarly have had a bunch of injury issues i would like to hear about that a little bit but then also you this other big thing you've been through in the last few years is deciding to ch change schools mm -hmm. going from wichita state to wisconsin so could you first talk about similar things like the the psychological and mental aspect of getting through injury and then did that kind of stuff play at all into your journey across schools if not we'll talk about them separately okay. so i turn my ACL a lot of the time a lot of yeah. times so that's my fourth ACL so i gotta say from my first one to how i'm handling this yeah. one like because i was 18 when i first started to now that i'm like 24 it's a completely different yeah. things on how i'm handling all the situation but clearly, I remember my, when I when I first my tour, first tour one, I was ju I was just mentally crushed because uh, that was my year to if I was gonna do that year really well, I was gonna go with my pro team, and so that was gonna start my like volleyball pro career, right? And then it didn't turn out that well. But then uh, one year after, I decided to commit to the states and come to the states and start this experience. So yes, it was really hard mentally to just like accept uh, that that it was what it was but it also opened up other other door that in the long run I saw the bigger picture and I'm like it gave me like a bigger experience that I would have had if I had to stay at home uh, so clearly that was one thing uh, then coming to the States yes every year every other year I tore again so it was like different each year because I feel like I knew what I was going through so I knew how to handle the situation I knew what was the process to coming back I knew what I did what my team needed at the moment because I feel like when you're 18 or younger it's more about you like about how oh my gosh mm. you're really not playing mm. the sports that you love and then you're getting more aware because you've already went through once all right like this is not just about me anymore and that's something that I think Danielle is really good at. Like she didn't focus a lot on herself, and she focused more 
on the team, mm. which mm -hmm. I think it's really hard to do when you get this type of year for the first time, and above all with the type of year that we were having. So, but uh, <laughs> I do think like it did play a big role in my transfer process because uh, I decided to transfer uh, right after, right, right at the beginning of COVID, and I was just starting to coming back from my ACL, and it was scary because. Uh, Everyone was telling me no one is gonna take you from, uh, uh, you know, who's gonna take a girl that like three ACL that the year before hasn't been playing or anything like that. And I was scared. Uh, but at the same time, I just knew that where I was, it was not a place for me anymore and I need to make a change. So I was like, I'm just gonna try it and I'm gonna end up somewhere at, at one point, right? So uh, I get entered the transfer portal and I was super surprised when I saw Wisconsin reaching out to me because uh, I didn't think I was gonna get contacted by like such a high caliber school and uh, by uh, and then other schools started like reaching out too. But uh, I think in the mo in the transfer process, uh, the thing I was really focusing on is what do I need, what what type of change did I need from the year past before, and to me it was like. I need to be surrounded by different type of teammates, right? I need, I need a like different challenge and all of this. And this is something that Wisconsin really made up with what I was looking for. Talking to the coaches, talking about how they were like handling situation, handling business here in the team, L listening to the goal that they were having and all that. It was like more a challenge for me, which it was like more, all right, this is my last chance. Like, you know, like from this, I'm gonna know, do I really wanna, go back and play volleyball at high level. That's my chance to do that. And that's my chance to like to see if I can get back at that level after three ACL. Mm -hmm. And that kind of play into the my decision to come and commit it at Wisconsin. Two things that immediately jump out at me are like how you, you both um, were able to take positives from this. And if you're really difficult, like those injuries are profound, like physically and like very difficult yeah. things to come through that no one sees how difficult that and, is and i would say as far as like the individual like difficulty like in the fall i basically lived in camp randall between because the hours that we're here for film and practice and traveling and whatever those didn't change but in addition to that i still had to be doing physical therapy and i still had to be you know like going to these doctor's mm -hmm. appointments and whatever um and that does get really long and especially for me being somebody who thrives off of some like a spark like mm -hmm. something I'm inspired by or whatever and where I can't get out here and play and I also like don't even have time anymore to like do these extra hobbies that I have and whatever and like I think Gio and Liz were monumental when I first tore my um, ACL and coming in to me and talking about their experiences and Lizzo like she just said literally you have to take it day by day and I took that to heart and I did, I'm still approaching it that way. I take it day by day, week by week. I don't let myself look too far ahead. I don't let myself look back and be like, God, I wish I could have done this, 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 or like been a part of that in this way. Um, and I think that's like the best advice that she could have given me. And like the support that they provided in the like was monumental to my own personal like needs at that time too. And how you both have talked about, so you just said your teammates helped you get through it. Mm -hmm. And, but you've also both talked about how you kind of flipped your orientation from like, how bad is this for me to like, how can I still be of service to those around me? And that's, a, that's an impressive kind of mature decision to be able to make. Um, I, I, last thing I would like to talk about, give you each a chance to say a parting question, which is like, if you could fix 
youth sports. No, there's so much good. There's so much good in it. You've all had successes coming through it. You're here, again, at this beautiful place and achieved so much. But there's also a lot we could fix. And so whether it's here in the U.S. or in Italy, if you had kind of one issue that you would really like to address, what would it be? You want to go first, Danielle? Yeah, I think for me, um, I just see the expense. Uh, I wish that it was less expensive um, for people to get into it and play on good teams and get great experience and whatever, especially for this sport. Like Grace was talking about, you really get to a different level in club than you do in high school or middle school or anything like that. Um, And my club experience, I mean, thank gosh, like thankfully my club was a smaller club and needed a lot of work. And my dad had the skills to do that. I mean, literally like my 15th year that summer, the place had no AC and he's in there painting like the entire inside of the warehouse, like with a spray painter and a lift. And I'm in there with another volleyball family ripping up courts and putting down new ones in like the peak heat of Virginia Beach summer. And like that was how we paid for club was like he was just constantly doing work around the club, helping the club out in those ways. And like that was how I covered our tuition. Um, but not everybody has those like dads that can do those things. Um, I had many teammates that would, you know, go play like um, they would run bingo nights and things like that to like help pay for tuition and I just feel like they all like reasoned that money because they had these aspirations of playing college in the future but what about those kids that don't know if they want to play college or like just want to see if they like the sport I mean that's just such a big holdback I think for a lot of kids and I wish that there was some ways around that Geo or Grace? That's okay. a really good answer, Danielle. So I'll take it a little different direction. I feel like the pressure and expectations in youth sports is rising so much that like kids aren't falling in love with the game, kind of like I got to fall in love with the game. I feel like mm-hmm. they're just expected to dedicate their whole life, which it kind of sounds like you were, Geo, but like that's not the experience I had. And I feel like that's even increasing in America right now that you dedicate yourself to the sport you don't get to have fun with your friends or go on family vacations or just like and I feel like that just takes away from how much you love the sport because I feel like it becomes more of a job and that's why I'm so lucky that I never felt that way and my parents helped me to understand that like if they could see me getting burnt out from going from practice to practice every night they would be like okay like let's take a step back let's because they didn't want me to burn out and like all of a sudden hate the game mm-hmm. before I even got to college. So I do think that's something that's getting worse. That, that sounds like a bad word, but I feel like just having kids fall in love with the game originally and then like letting them decide that that's what they want to do as yeah. they get older. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about my Ita- Italian mm-hmm. uh, perspective, but it's kind of go along with what Grace just said, which I think it was... I was at the point of that age where I was in love with that sport so much that I wanted to dedicate myself for so many hours. And that also like, take me to develop skills that people, at, as, you, as I said, at 18 years old in Italy, you decide if you go play pro or not. Instead of here, you come into college and that's when you start developing. So there is this like time difference, but at the same time, I also think like what, it, what it's here, which is this balance between uh, sports and the real life. It's something that right now at the age of 24, I kind of wish uh, I would have a little bit more because I know I haven't experienced anything that people 
at 18 years old here or even like people regular like student in Italy have ever experienced because I was always in the gym and it was my choice yes but at the same time uh, I really wish there would be more balance between even with the school like a more help from an academic and at the same time from like athletics uh, and more like people in Italy I feel like see like schools as oh if you play sport it means that you don't care about academics mm-hmm. which is not the case mm-hmm. it's just like I'm dedicating so much to something that mm-hmm. I love but I'm trying to do things uh, well at this time thing here which I think also the academics don't see as sports can teach so much to like people of our age and I think this is a misimportant piece uh, that in the culture in Italy is not so you see a lot of like pro people at the age of 18 or 19 that cannot go to college because they have to decide to follow up their volleyball career, right? Which I think uh, it shouldn't be like that because volleyball is not an NBA or NFL where you get paid this much and at one point you're gonna end your career and you're gonna need the education. And this is something that this experience, this experience here in the United States led me to have, which uh, I know people in Italy, it takes them like seven years maybe to graduate for an undergrad, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I wish it would be more balanced, I feel like. You know, when you look at the like media guide for your team or really any college team, you see like hometown, like the schools you went to, the awards, you all have won so many awards and so many accomplishments. You see what you ended up with, like a national title, these beautiful accomplishments, but that all that in between, which is messy to navigate you know there's like powerful emotions there's physical ups and downs is important for for young people and families who are about to go through it to Mm -hmm. know um that you need to be purposeful in how you navigate it so just uh, i'm so impressed with each of you not not really for your i mean i am impressed with your accomplishments on the court but the way you're so thoughtful and reflective about these things so thank you for sharing them with us and uh it's great to learn from you